Hello and welcome to the next installment of Optin NYC Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the New York City Police Foundation, the NYPD, and the Youth of NYC. I am one of your hosts, Officer Joe Galetta. I am joined this week with Kayla, John, and our guest host is going to be Tara, one of our writers. This week, we have youth and politics, a big topic for the youth. They were the ones that chose to write about this and see what's going on. So Tara, why did you choose this topic? Um, well, I chose this topic because as a youth who is like immersed in social media, I've realized how important a role it plays in giving us information. And I want to communicate how this can be both a dangerous and beneficial tool. Definitely, definitely. Um, so many of us, are, even myself included, are on social media and there's just a flood of information coming through there. There's very little vetting going on with it. And everything to me seems to have such a hard slant in either political direction, uh, left or right, for good or for worse, that I think a lot of the facts often get left to the side. Like you start off with, okay, so what happened? And then how do we spin this? I'm also engulfed in social media. I basically, I wake up, I check my Instagram. I go about my day, I check my Instagram. I eat, I check my Instagram. I sleep, I check my Instagram and I'm done. So I'm kind of all over social media. And a lot of the times it's, it's, it just feels like to people, the facts aren't as interesting because it takes a certain type of person to unfortunately go on social media and look for facts. I feel like a lot of the youth kind of go on there and they expect to see jokes made you know, about the presidency and, and, and about uh, uh, what's happening. They, just, they expect to see jokes about it. They don't expect to see the actual facts. So once they start seeing a page claiming to have facts, they're automatically going to eat it up because like, oh, wait, no, this page is claiming to be legit while the other one is just a, a page for jokes. This has to be like the real deal. And it's just a matter of not practicing kind of internet safety and just not, you know, educating yourself, especially online. Things are always twisted, like you said. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think that we do have an issue with social media where it's curated by the person who has the account. And so they choose to follow who they want. They choose to read about what they want. And so that definitely gives you a a sort of lean, political lean um, to something that you're more inclined to want to believe. So it's hard to be able to reach out of your bubble and interact with people who don't have the same opinions as you or who are offering a different perspective. So I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that social media is so personal and that we are scared to kind of venture out into a different perspective. It's also the the, the algorithm of a lot of these um, social media sites. Like I know on like Instagram and, and Facebook or even YouTube, um, if you support something and you show interest in that through maybe one video or you like a couple posts, the algorithm's going to adjust. So that's all you're seeing. So it gets to the point where you're not seeing the other side and you're not seeing, you know, the other quote unquote facts. So you're just eating up everything you see about something you already support. So of course you're going to believe it. You want to believe it. And I think that's the problem with some of these algorithms is that you're not exposing yourself to new information. It kind of limits how you can even... If, even if you want it to see the other side of things, it makes it more difficult to find that information out there. So occasionally I, I like 
the opposite side. Like occasionally I purposely go out my way and I look for a certain hashtag and I like a couple posts from there just for the sake of being able to see both sides of it on my timeline. So I'm just not seeing one thing the entire day. But is that the inherent downside of getting your news just from social media? Now I'm not, I'm not blaming any of you for doing that, but that's the inherent downside of it. No, you can't find both sides of it because it's only going to keep pushing you one way or the other, as opposed to if you're just choosing which websites to go to. That's very true. But I also think even if you look outside of social media and how so bipartisan, like um, traditional media is like you have CNN, which is usually more left leaning. And then you have Fox news, which is more right-leaning, usually people who view those news sources are more inclined to agree with the the kind of rhetoric that they're talking about. So you rarely hear about people who are very left-leaning saying, oh, I think I'm going to sit down and watch Fox News today. So I think even outside of social media, it's still kind of hard to get people to um, listen to a different side. Well, that's the problem with them hunting for, well, I don't want to say problem, but that's just the way it is, is they're, they're hunting for ratings. And so they just have to sit there and appeal to, if I know I'm going to get left-leaning viewers, we have to appeal left. If we're going to get right-wing viewers, we have to appear right. And it's not even like, that's what people are looking for. They just want to sit there and be like, just follow what they already know. They're not looking for new information. It's they want to sit there and and see, I, this is what I know to be true. So I just want people to reinforce what I'm already thinking. A lot of things on social media and outside, they're more sensationalized and not holistic. In my school, I am part of a research program. And there's this test that we do to judge the relevancy, um, purpose, accuracy, authority, and currency of said source. But the problem is people aren't looking for that. It's more of like emotional. What emotion does this said tweet or headline evoke? And then they go on from there. Yeah, I, I just agree with that statement. I feel like a lot of um, the news we consume is more so trying to appeal to emotions and that's kind of why like the whole fake news thing got so big is because people are more inclined to to react emotionally to no, to news than to the actual facts can we can we like take a moment to um talk about kind of um role models on social media because I think that also plays like a really big role into what the common youth may or may not consume through social media and even through news outlets. If you have a specific role model, like if someone looks up to a specific rapper and this rapper has a very strong opinion and they don't believe in a certain news source and they only, you know, get news from this place, the group of youth that kind of look up to this person is going to try to follow them, follow in those footsteps. And it's the same way with like advertising. I think role models are such, you know, in my opinion, I don't like the idea of having a role model who's in a certain hierarchy because right then and there, it's like you don't exactly have an opinion for yourself depending on how how deep you fall into it. Well, I think it really is the same way of, like we said, following a certain news outlet. Um, let's take some of your parents, for instance. If they're left-leaning and they only watch CNN or if they're right-leaning and only watch Fox News, they're only getting that one point of view. Same thing. If um, 
you follow like 50 Cent was very outspoken about supporting Trump recently. Like if you only follow 50 Cent now and now that's where you're getting your political stance from, that's who you're going to follow. It's kind of the same idea, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just – I bring it up because I just feel like it's something that's definitely stronger among the youth because you know, if you sat down you kind of had conversations with um, someone who might be you know further in age, they might not feel as impacted by someone – um, like that than a, than a, than a youth might. Cause like me personally, I look up to specific artists and to see that these artists have the same opinions as me is amazing. Um, and there's even times where I form an opinion around the artist's opinion and like my father wouldn't do that. Um, and like my aunt wouldn't do that. So I just think it's more common among the youth. That's really interesting that you bring that up is because I always think about what exactly was the biggest thing to influence how I, um, politically lean and I was thinking was it my friends was it family were people role models that I looked up to and it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint exactly because I feel like I do get a lot of my opinions from my parents but I also get a lot from my friends and from all different um, areas of life so who do you think would be most or has been more impactful for you um about your political leanings to be honest with you i i was i was raised a certain way kind of not exactly not to get involved but to always keep your opinion open never try to stick to one side when i definitely like started forming my own political opinion was actually my introduction of theater back in like 2016 because the theatrical world is is like very political it's more political than you think it is um and being able to to go through that experience for like 6 years now and do all these shows and see all these pieces i've definitely it's 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 attacked the emotional side like you said social media and news outlets would try to do and it's definitely kind of attached me to a certain ideal which is an ideal I stand by and I think a lot of the uh, theatrical world stand by. What about you, Tara? I really can't say because uh, there's just a bunch of environmental factors that subconsciously and consciously affect you. But again, I feel like for me, I think it's both it's my parents and social media. Like, um, all my mutuals post these different, like, activism stuff and, like, compel others to also do this. And it almost feels like they're forcing you to choose uh, a side and show your support with it fully, without question. And I think that, like, that can be dangerous. But with you guys being part of a younger generation and uh, some of you not even being able to vote um, – Without being able to voice your own opinions into politics by voting, how is that affecting your view on so many of these policies? This is a concept that among my uh, friend groups, my work groups, and my um, theater troupe that's always consistently discussed is should the youth – you know, should the voting age be lowered? How would that impact kind of the way presidency goes and a lot of these policies pass? And, you know, I've always been 50-50 on it. Well, more so like, yeah, I've always been 50-50 on it. I always think that definitely because I, I think personally, you know, certain presidencies might have gone significantly different if the uh, youth were had the right to vote. I only say that because like Tara mentioned, the friends group that I have, the theater things that I'm a part of, and I'm almost confident that the presidency might not have gone, you know, might have gone the same way because I don't share the same friendship of other people. There might be 
um, a large portion of the youth that might support a certain thing. Despite the youth not being a particularly large voting group, now even still, even the 18 to 24 group has been historically very low turnout numbers. Do you think if, if we lowered it, that 16-year-olds would go out and vote, 13-year-olds would even go out and vote? Talking about um, this generation specifically, especially what we experienced with the um, the last presidential race and the one that just passed, I think the numbers for 16 probably would have honestly been high. What The reason why I don't, I don't necessarily think 100% it should be lowered is because some youth at the age of 16 are too easily impacted and might not and might make a choice they might not agree with in a couple of years. But even still, I mean, I can think back to when I was 16, I can think of a lot of my friends who shouldn't be voting. And I can think of even now, plenty of 30 year olds who probably shouldn't be voting either. So do you think lowering the age would even be a, a beneficial idea? Or do you think, like you said, People are too influenced by social media and you want to talk about forget Russian bots influencing the election. Just like you said earlier, that talking about just influencers themselves influencing an election too much by that youth vote. It's such a it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope because I, I think it's something that maybe I think we should try it honestly in local elections. I think in local elections, um, you know, we're not talking about presidencies. I think it should be tested with the the age being lowered and if if the voter turnout seems really productive, no matter what they're voting for, then I think we should attempt to kind of lower that age for like nationwide. That's an interesting point, but I feel like honestly, people aren't much in tuned with the local level of politics. The presidential run is just so much more relevant, it seems like, to people that I have a hard time seeing how allowing younger people to vote in local levels would represent how they would vote for a presidential race. Well, yeah, you do make a good point. Unfortunately, a lot of um, people, even at an older age, aren't exactly invested or even well-educated in local elections. I think that's a problem within itself. Honestly, I don't, we can't just keep consistently trying to solve all these problems and we're just getting everything mixed up. I think people have to be educated and I'm not saying people aren't educated, but you know, people have to be educated further. And once they're educated further and we feel like confident enough that people know how to use their education, then we could possibly look into the idea of passing new policies, of lowering voting ages, of doing this, that, and the third once, because I think personally, this nation is not in a great place. And kind of lowering the voting age might put us in a better place or it might put us in a significantly worse place. Yeah, um, I agree with the education part. We can't lower the voting age with voters who don't really understand what's going on and are just going to vote based on quotes that were cherry picked from each side. And if like we can create an education on politics that is understandable yet also complete and neutral, then people will be able to better understand why they're voting and who they're voting for. What about even opening up um, certain propositions? Because that I think would more so affect the youth if we could just open up certain propositions for the youth to vote on. What about something like that? So for instance, you'll have things on a ballot where should we use tax money to fix X, Y, or Z, or should we legalize marijuana or things like that? Those are are propositions that are brought up on um, elections that people could vote on. 
So recently, New Jersey just passed legalized marijuana. It's not legal yet. They're still working on how it could be done, but that was on this last election on the ballot. So you're suggesting that um, young people be able to vote on those things instead of actual candidates? Well, again, there's propositions that are put onto the ballots that people can vote on when they normally vote in elections. Now, if they just put out certain propositions like that, and again, maybe even as like an experimental mode, like John was mentioning, that more of the youth could vote on propositions, strictly certain legislation, just to see and kind of gauge like that youth vote on things if you can't specifically vote for um, who your elected official would be, you can at least start voicing an opinion on propositions and, and things like that. Yeah, I think trying it little by little is the right idea. I think doing that's a really good idea because then we could we could see the numbers. We could see if the numbers look promising. If the numbers look promising, we can open it up. And I also think that kind of speaks to a, a separate kind of issue that we have in which politics is are very bipartisan right now and being able to vote specifically on certain issues rather than like a specific party might be able to help everyone be able to more aligned with who they want when voting. I mean, that's just a dream of mine is to no longer see political parties and see people running based purely on issues. Um, so many people obviously have some left, some right-leaning tendencies. So to see people just running on ideas instead of just, I have to fall within these lines of a Republican or I have to fall within these lines of Democrat, I think would be a dream come true for me. Yeah, I agree. The Divisions are uh, making people not focus on issue, but rather on, oh, that side must be wrong because it's not my side. But it's not uh, all like black and white apples to bananas. And there are probably similarities between these two people. But because of these uh, separations or their the separations they think there are, then they can't uh converse and actually find issues they can support together and make effective change right and i recently watched a video um showing like the um electoral college maps throughout the entire u.s history and how um the country voted for presidents and like it wasn't until maybe the 90s where we saw a lot more um a lot of differences on who, what states voted for who. Like in the past, it would usually not be unanimous, but it was pretty much either all red or all blue throughout the entire country. So very recently has it become where people are more focused on, I think, party rather than the issues at hand. And so I think that also plays into how politics has become more about, I guess, morals in a sense, um, than what it used to be. No, I don't like it either because it feels really cultish and that's not what I think it it should be. We should be able to have different opinions and like speak about it and not say, and not uh, go at each other's throats. So Tara, in your research for this, was there any sort of interesting topics or, or surprises that you found along your way? Well, during my research, I did look at how memes, which are supposed to be humorous, affect the political geography or the information we teens get. 
And um, I found out that in January, on Twitter, the hashtag World War Three was trending because uh, Trump like assassinated an Iranian Iranian general, and on that hashtag, there was just a bunch of memes about how people were going to get drafted. So much that the New York Times had to release an article saying that this is unlikely. But even though it's funny, obviously we shouldn't take memes seriously. It can still cause like panic and fear, which are unnecessary. I think the whole thing of ideas just going viral like that, even when it is something as simple as an idea like that or a joke, when it gets that widespread people aren't going to realize that it's that it's a joke you know like um the old orson wells story on the war of the world where the radio announcer was reading a fake story and then everyone tuning in thought it was real it's it's kind of the same idea yes life definitely imitates art and i can see how um the lines are being blurred especially because social media is so reactionary and a lot of it is either something being really funny and you wanting to engage with it or something being completely against what you what you believe or what you like and you feel like you have to react to to that as well so it's kind of hard to distinguish how to um take in the news that you get from social media I think it it depends on a lot of people actually doing like we talked about earlier their their own independent research but even even with that it's still very difficult to find any sort of unbiased opinion and when people are just looking at articles based on title alone and not even reading the substance of the article and just taking the article headline as fact without any context I think it, it can be very detrimental as well. Right. And I've definitely, I can admit that I've done that where I've just read a headline and took that as fact and went and told someone about it. And they asked me like, oh, what did you, can you tell me more about it? And I just couldn't answer because I took the headline and didn't read the full article. So I think um, that's something we should also make sure we do is continue to be diligent in the research that we do and not just speak about things from sound bites so there we go there's today's today's takeaway is actually do your research but it looks like we are just about out of time now i want to thank our guest tara one of our writers for joining us today and for doing their research for kayla for tara for john i am officer joe galetta with opt-in nyc podcast thank you all for opting in with us